the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. I'm alive. Man, I like that intro. Hey, this is Pastor Joe Sutton. And uh, just good afternoon, everybody out there listening uh, to my favorite radio station, uh, 980 KKMS. Uh, always a, a, a pleasure to get some good word and listen to some great, great men and women of God as they bring truth. Uh, I was uh, listening to the radio station on my way over here, and a uh, guy I really love so well, uh, Adrian Rogers. <laughs> he just, he just is a, just a funny man of God, man. It's just uh, him, J. Vernon McGee, uh, when I was uh, young in my faith in Houston, Texas, I would listen to those guys all the time. Uh, they had a way of taking the theological and breaking it down to good old simple country talk, you know. <laughs> And I could just kind of digest it, and it, make, it gave me a hunger for those things. Uh, you know, uh, if, if some of you don't know by now, uh, you know, I'm 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 an urbanite. Uh, I would be classified if you saw me as an African American, although I'm probably, I think I think 23 percent Cherokee. Uh, you know, I got an English name of Sutton, so it goes there, and then they got some other things mixed in there, some French, some Spanish that goes along that way. And all of us in uh, in this good old U.S. of A. Uh, have a mixed background. We can't just jump out and say we're pure whatever in anything that we do. And uh, but you know, the thing that 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 the understanding a lot of times is the prejudices that go along with when people see you and automatically think that you think a certain way, and I like me, and I look at the problem my neighborhood, uh, I really see a lack of leadership. And then when I look at the problems in my state and nation and even in the world, I see how that leadership vacuum becomes even larger and that we don't have great leaders. When I look at uh, the, the characteristic that I wish that people would see when they see me was look at me and say that I'm biblical. You know, I was asked the other day, when I serve on a, a debate panel, they were looking for a conservative. <laughs> and they said, do you consider yourself conservative? I said, I said, some may consider me conservative. I consider myself biblical. And so therefore being biblical, I'm, I'm going to, to the best of, of my human knowledge, live my life and answer life's questions and problems based upon the Bible, which may put me in a conservative camp one day, but it may put me in the liberal camp the next day, you know. Uh, and so they say, oh, okay, that's okay. Well, we'll, we'll take that. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. If you're biblical, you're conservative. <laughs> so yeah, I get thrown in the conservative camp. 
I'm not and I'm not offended by that. I just want people to understand that 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 my 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 basis or my paradigm of truth is based upon scripture. It's not based upon whatever the current mode is or whatever uh our particular culture is going path they're going down at that particular time. I understand that people don't agree with me. I understand that people have the freedom and right not to agree with me, and that's not a problem for me. I don't, I don't, I don't get offended when you don't agree with me. I think a lot of times people try to get everyone to think like them or be like them. Sometimes it's out of a deep love because they want they want to make sure that you're right, and sometimes it's out of a deep thing of pride because they want to make sure that they're right. So if more people follow me, the more righter I can feel I am. As, as when less, so it doesn't matter about the numbers; it just matters about the, the context. So, as I've been saying, I was going to go down this this path of talking about leadership, and I gave you a definition of leadership last week, and that uh, it was a, a leadership a definition uh, put together by uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, uh, uh, just a, a great man of God that is that has definitely been uh, one of the the shapers in my life. You know, if you hang around me long enough, you can pretty much tell that uh, uh, Edwin Lewis Cole, uh, who they call the father of the man- manhood movement, and Dr. Miles Monroe have played uh, big, big, big keys in my life as far as uh, how I view life and, uh, and how I, I view even my relationship with God. But that definition went like that. Leadership is the capacity to influence others through inspiration generated by passion, motivated by a vision, birthed by conviction and produced by a purpose. Um, seems kind of long, you know, which most leadership definitions time to get in there. And, uh, and you know, uh, his saying, which I told you last week that I've adopted for my own uh, leadership organization is, uh, you know, turning followers into leaders and leaders into agents of change. Because a, a leader is going to be an agent of change. Uh, when you there's a difference between a manager and a, and a leader, and we'll discuss that in, in, in the future. But basically, if you give an organization or a project to a manager, when you come back a year later, it's going to look the same. He's going to manage it. That's what he does. He's going to keep it just like it is. But if you turn something over to a leader and you turn your back, it's going to look totally different because he's going to take it off into a direction and try to go and, and take it to a whole nother level. And, and and that could be bad, you know, I mean, especially if you wanted to run a certain way, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you have to understand that if you if you having a leader, you know, that you would definitely have to work with him and give him the parameters and know that he's going to take it. He's just not going to be satisfied with doing the same thing all the time because he can see. He can see out into the thing because a great leader doesn't employ, he deploys. So a great leader, when he has people up under him, he doesn't expect them to stay long. Matter of fact, he gets a little antsy if they stay too long. There are certain people who are called to be in a certain place, in a position, and to stay there a long time. And as leaders have to be sensitive enough to realize that and realize that that's what happens. You know, when I look at two people in particular, uh, Anna and the other old gentleman at the temple who were there every day. And when Jesus showed up to be um, circumcised, uh, they were happy because you know, the Lord had revealed to them that they would see the Messiah. So they were there all the time. They didn't didn't feel it was a... Um, uh, they weren't getting promoted. <laughs> they weren't loved. They didn't get their own, but they kept serving and serving and serving in that position. And God rewarded them by allowing them to see, to see the Messiah. And leaders have to be sensitive to that. They have to know where people are. They, they have to know what is the 
capacity or the limits that that the people around them have. Uh, leaders don't dictate, they inspire. You know, that's why the definition said they influence others through inspiration. They inspire people. They, they through inspiration, they release in them that, that ability to do that which they didn't think that they can do, right? You know, you know, it means they, they give that person meaning. You know, when that person's around or you and under your leadership, they now have meaning. They understand. Their vision becomes clear. But the most important thing, your vision is your purpose in pictures. So when you can start seeing your purpose in pictures, when you can start seeing what you were created for, a lot of times we kind of have an idea of what we want to do. Um, i give you an example of, of uh, my daughter. Uh, you know, if I would give my daughter some money and send them to the store, and when they were little, my one son would look for a gun. He's getting a gun. Dark gun, cap gun, water gun, it's a gun. He's looking for a gun. He ain't going to no other section of the store, a gun. The other one is going to get a ball. He's going to get a ball. That's what he's going to get a ball. Football, soccer ball, rubber ball, bouncy ball, it's a ball. The other one, he's going to be torn between a ball and something he can play a prank on somebody with. That's how he's thinking. What can I do that, you know, rubber snake, spider, something that can get a get a thrill where I can laugh at people, right? But my daughter would always get school or office supplies. And she would always line up. I had bought her a little chalkboard, and she would line up her little dolls and stuffed animals in the room, and she'd be teaching them. She'd be teaching them math, and she'd teach them everything and, and everything like that. So you can, so me, parent, understanding purpose and always teaching them purpose. I had always told my daughter she was going to be uh, a, a teacher. You know, uh, she she would she would she would teach. I didn't know what she was going to teach. See that that's where the parameter comes in at, is that I don't know what she's going to teach. You know, when when Mary saw Jesus do some things, it's a saying in the Bible that that she would always say, and she pondered those things in her heart. Right when Jesus said, "Did you not know I be about my Father's business?" Said, oh, she pondered those things in her heart, meaning that. I know what the angel told me. I'm still not sure this is divine. You know, <laughs> I'm still not sure as a teenage girl that, that God would pick me to raise the Messiah. But I'm seeing Messiah tendencies. And uh, man, you know, I'm going to keep this to myself because I really don't know what's there. And so I would watch my daughter do that and. And then she had a love for animals. So at first she wanted to be a veterinarian. And uh, and then she went from a veterinarian to wanting to be uh, a doctor. And then in doctor, she narrowed it down. She wanted to be a coroner. Because after she cut on her first little thing in science in high school, she was fascinated with cutting on dead bodies. You know what I mean? My, my, my wife said started with me making her dissect things in the backyard. You know? <laughs> Uh, so, but, but it, it's different, but, but I, even if my daughter becomes a coroner, she's going to be a teacher, right? She's going to be a teacher. You know what I mean? You, because, because she would be teaching other people who want to go down that path or, you know, she'll be doing there. So it doesn't limit the fact of what you can do when you say teacher to elementary school or high school or anything like that, because you have guys who teach national leaders, 
You have guys who teach business leaders. You have you teach your, the gift of teaching is a broad perspective, but you ha- when once you get under a good leader, then he will inspire you and bring meaning to your life, and get you to see and unleashing you that which God has called you to do. If it, it, it and not saying you have to be evil, but a poor leader will only see you for what you can do for me and my organization, right? You're you're my you're my director of blank. Uh, you're my assistant of blank, and that's what I need, and that's how we're flowing. It's not right now. You're my assistant director of blank, but I see in you, right, of this, and so I'm always pushing you toward that. I had an experience one time in my corporate mindset when my, my, my pastor, my first time serving up under, really serving up under pastor. I mean, where I really served the pastor. I mean, I really, I served that guy. And, uh, and, and I remember he, we brought a guy on staff and, uh, and we were paying him and, and we paid him full time for part-time work. His job was to do the administrative stuff half the day and then to go practice on his music the second half of the day. And I'm like, why is he practicing on music? You know, he's not the worship leader. He wasn't the worship leader in our church. And he said, no, but he is a worship leader. And I want him to be a good worship leader. And and so I'm going to give him the time to perfect his skill. And I said, but it's not going to benefit us. That was my reply. I didn't really understand leadership at that moment. I was just looking at, if I'm paying this cat, it should benefit us. And he said, he said, Pastor Joe, it benefits the kingdom. He will go out there and lead worship and it will benefit the kingdom. We have to have a kingdom mindset, not just our mindset, right? Because we could have used that money for other things. We could, matter of fact, we took the money from his salary, the pastor's salary to pay this guy to become something that we weren't going to benefit from. And he eventually, a year later, got a job making more than the senior pastor at our church, leading worship at a church. And, <laughs> and But I understood that it wasn't a loss. It was a kingdom gain because we're part of the kingdom and our finances are kingdom finances. And as a leader, he looked at him not for what he could give to us, but what was his call? What was his purpose? See, because you can't lead without a purpose. I mean, you can dictate, you can administrate, but you can't lead, especially in the definition of leadership that it says that, that it's produced by a purpose, that everything is produced by a purpose. Your passion, your convictions, everything is there. So he went on to become a worship leader. And, and you know what? I had to say, I was I felt proud. For him, number one, getting that position. But number two, for me, because it was a stepping stone for me to understand what is leadership. And even in my children's lives, I got to understand I have to be a leader. Yeah, I'm a dad too, but I have to be a leader. And what I want you to grasp out of this this journey of leadership that we're taking uh, over these next couple of weeks is, is that we're all called to lead. And in our leadership ability, we have to be looking at how we can deploy 
and not employ, how we can release and not retain. Because the scriptures say when we give, it shall be given unto us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give in our bosom. And I must admit, I've never had a problem uh, keeping my worship team together as many times as I've lost worship people to other places. This is Pastor Joe Sutton from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, uh, enjoying this nice, warm afternoon for the Papa 80 today. And uh, we're going to come back and, and we're going to talk about how you can take some of these leadership skills and apply them to your home, family, and work. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Hey Alexa. I need some spiritual refreshment and fellowship time. Blessed day to you, Pastor. The mission is hosting the 10th Annual Pastor's Appreciation Lunch on Thursday, May 17th. Would you like more info? Why, yes. Thank you, Alexa. This event is free and being held at the Edinburgh Golf Course and features Dr. Robert Jeffers plus prizes and lunch. Would you like to register? Absolutely. Directing you now to am980themission.com. This event is sponsored by Kingdom Builders Roofing. All right, we're back. We're back. Any leaders in the house? Man, I, well, I, I love music, man. I, I called my son up the other day, and I was like, I told him I'm ready. I'm ready to get on CD, man. I'm ready to get in the video. He looked at me like, uh, Pops, I don't think that. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to fool him one Sunday at church, though, Trevor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust out with some lyrics on the microphone and let him know. I'm going to let him know how I used to walk it. They, they there go, you go. Can't do anything about it then. Yeah, then I'm then I'm 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 a hide somewhere with the wireless mic in another room and just they're gonna hear it come over there and come. They're gonna who is that? And then I'm gonna walk out and they're gonna be like, that was you. Big reveal. <laughs> <laughs> but leadership, man, I I, I want to share this story with you, right? I was uh, as a parent, man. I I have I have nine children. I have five boys, four girls, um, and uh, and trying to keep track of purpose. And direction can be kind of challenging at times. Uh, I do have emotions, though, that contrary to popular belief, I do have emotions, and I do I do think that way. I'm not always on military mode, but when you got nine lives you're trying to coordinate, plus you and your wife, you know, you you just can't be hoity-toity, man. You gotta you gotta crack the whip sometimes. And uh, and so I was I went with my my mother-in-law as a, I just has a heart for Israel and. So she, we were in Israel. She was giving us a tour. She was because she was doing tours over in Israel. So when she gave us a tour as a family, this was 1999. And so I'm, I'm an urbanite, right? I, I, I like urban, but I must admit, uh, man, I love to see a Galilee area. Oh my goodness, I can stay there. I, 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 I'll give up my urbanite title to, 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 to live over there. I see why Jesus spent most of his time up in that area. I see it. And because when we came down to Jerusalem, I was ready to fight. You know what I mean? I was ready to fight. You know what I mean? And, and that's another story that was down there. But I would sneak away from the group, right? Because I, I, there was so much going on in the city 
because if you've ever been in Jerusalem, especially old Jerusalem, where it's divided into those four sections, Muslim, Armenian, you know, Christian, I mean, you get to those sections of town, it's something, as soon as you cross through that wall, it's like you walk into a different world every time. So before we got into the market side of town, we was on the Muslim side of town, cutting through, heading toward the prayer wall, and uh, there was, uh, uh, it was, it was, it was on a Sabbath, and there was this uh, Jewish guy trying to buy some bread from a Palestinian vendor, and these Orthodox Jews were stopping him from buying the bread because he wasn't supposed to be doing any work or anything on the Sabbath. So they're standing between him and the cart. And he's going around them. First, it was one said, "No, brother, you can't buy anything that you can't violate Sabbath." And he's like, "Man, yeah, I'm buying me some bread. Get out of my way!" And he, and he went over there. Then another one came and stood there and said, "You got to listen to him. You can't violate." And so the Palestinian is like, "Hey, I don't want no trouble. You know, y'all can take this somewhere else." And so then they start yelling at each other, pushing on each other. So I thought they were gonna go to blows. So just like any good urban night, I sat down and watched and waited for the fight to start. Right, the rest of the tour kept going. And I'm sitting up there, you know, waiting for the fight to start. So then this little kid comes up here and he asks me for some money. You know, he tell I'm American, he asks for some money. So I give him a quarter. He runs off, went back to his mom. I guess he went back to his mom. He gonna give me the quarter back. He said he wanted a dollar. I said, man, look, let me tell you something, dude. I was like, <laughs> I gave him the quarter just to get him out of my way. This dude came all the way back, said no dollar. I said, that's all you getting. I said, you can get back. He handed it back. I didn't give him nothing. You know what I mean? So then they caught up with me. And they said, Joe, keep up with the group. Keep up with the group. And I'm like, no, it's just too much interesting things happening. So then I go past us and I see this guy. He says, are you from America? And I said, yeah, I'm from America. And he said, I'm from New York. No, I'm from Miami. And I, I was born in New York. I'm from Miami, you know, which is a typical Jewish connection. So, you know, he, you know, he, he could tell he was a rabbi. He had, you know, and we was talking. He was at the yeshiva school. And so I ducked off from the group again, right? And they and I, I went with him, and we went walking and talking. And he explained to me how his parents was disappointed that he became a rabbi, right? Because they said, all people are going to do is dump their problems on you. It doesn't pay any money. You're not going to make any money. Yeah, I think they were paying him $60,000 a year. And I'm looking at him like, $60,000? Dude, I only make twenty. You know what I mean? But it's like, and, and uh, he said they wanted him to go work for his uncle's uh, stock uh, investment company and which was paying 125,000 and he said he did it for a little while but it just wasn't him it wasn't where his purpose was so we got to talking about purpose and trying to get in line with your parents and 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 I say that to say that as we got to talking he realized that though his parents loved him his parents only saw him in a way that pleased them and we had to be careful as that as leaders that that we can't allow our love for somebody to block what God has called them to. Mary, Mary, could, Mary couldn't allow her love for Jesus as a mom to block him from the cross. He had to go to the cross, right? No parent wants their child to die, especially to die for someone who doesn't understand them. But let alone, no parent wants to see their child suffering. You know, I know my mother spent many nights questioning my call in the ministry because it, it didn't, it never paid anything. You know, I'm always raising support, you know, uh, you know, FYI sidebar, I'm raising support now <laughs> for our summer program. We got to raise $50,000. I think we're at 15. Uh, we're doing a banquet on, on the 12th. I hope that helps push us closer to it. But, uh, you know, we run an eight week program 
and work with over 200 kids a week, um, you know, and for $50,000, I don't think you can beat that deal. But we have to understand the leaders that it's not the comfort level that's significant. It's the call. And as parents, we got the same thing, substitute parent, coach, whatever you want to stuff in there. It's not the comfort level, but it's the call. Who God calls, he provides for, right? And so though I may be making 20 and you may make 120, you know what I mean? God's going to make sure that I have everything that I need. He will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And so sometimes as parents, we want our kids to be comfortable. You know, we want them to have we want them in college with a house and a wife and two dogs and a and and three children or whatever that stereotype is that we want to see. We want to see them there, but at the other side of the coin, as 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 a leader, we have to inspire them and release in them what God has called them to do, because that's when the earth changes, when we walk in the rhythm that God is orchestrating, that we we hit the notes when He says hit the notes. You know, not when it's there. Trust me, I love my children just as much as anybody else. But I'd rather see them being obedient to the call in God's life than to see them prosper and have their name plastered everywhere. Hey, this is Joe Sutton. Until next week, be a leader, inspire somebody for greatness. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.